This is the 94th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliette Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze. This past week, it was 15 hours of Fox News, and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Fox News, an impeachment inquiry to nowhere, tap dancers, and tiki torches. A good dad wouldn't have covered up the cocaine at the White House. Only a politician would have done that. You have referees fighting. You have cocaine found at the White House. Well, then why weren't they worried about Hunter relapsing when they found cocaine in the White House? This was absolutely uh, uh, unbelievable. There were also some hilarious moments where he said that the Republicans were mocking his recovery. Well, what recovery? We just found cocaine in the White House and everybody knows it's his. Um, <laughs> now we know where the White House cocaine went. <laughs> some say it looks like the White House switched from cocaine to acid. Others say it looks like the Hunger Games or Clockwork Orange. Like White House cocaine here today, destroyed tomorrow. Except they're not really destroyed. Someone has them somewhere. So just as a quick reminder, um, <laughs> I just looked this up. The date that the tiny bag of cocaine was found in a cubby, like a little cubby hole situation at the White House was July 2nd. <laughs> so we're almost, we're over, basically, we're at six months, over six months and um, they're still talking about it on Fox News because Hunter Biden is back in the news because Hunter Biden is always in the news on Fox. They're going to bleed this dry. They're going to run this course. They're going to go straight into the sun with this. Now, what made this even more humorous is I don't touch drugs. My drug of choice is coffee, which I have right next to me. But I did work in nightclubs and I have seen people use cocaine right in front of me. And the amount of cocaine that was found in the White House is so tiny that I can't, I just, I question why anybody would even have it. Like, it's just, I don't even know what you do with that amount of cocaine. And I don't even know why it would be left. Also, as a reminder, Hunter Biden was not in D.C. And they know that at the time that this cocaine was found. And pretty much everybody said it would have been found immediately by security at the White House. So I don't, I don't understand why they're still talking about this. Now, I just want to point out, too, very quickly, because this gets brought up a lot on all of my social media platforms. People say, why doesn't Hunter Biden sue for defamation? He could try. Uh, the problem is, is when you get designated a public figure and there's a lot written about you in the press, it's much more difficult to successfully win a defamation suit. Uh this will come up later in the podcast, but if you are a private citizen and all of a sudden out of nowhere, someone like Rudy Giuliani or the president, the former president starts talking about you on a public platform, then you've got a much better case for defamation because no one knows who you are. Basically, if you're written about a lot in the press and there's story after story after story about your life, including a lot of details, you have a memoir this sort of thing. You've done interview after interview after interview. It's just a lot harder for you to say, well, that's not true because the person who wrote it can say, well, I read 15 articles about you and they all said that you used cocaine in the past. You know, so it, it, it's why they get away with so much on Fox regarding Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, uh, anybody who's 
basically a public figure, elected official is pretty much impossible to sue um, for defamation. You can do it, but they'd have to say something as insane as like, I saw this elected official murder someone and bury them in their backyard. It would have to be that crazy. Um, and I have video of it. <laughs> and maybe that elected official would be like, okay, that's it. Finally, I'm done. I'm suing you. But it, 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 it has to rise to that level. So that's why they can get away with saying crazy stuff about Hunter Biden, because they know he would have a very difficult time. In While airstrikes were pummeling Gaza and Israeli hostages were being killed by friendly fire, Fox News was far too distracted to mention much about the Israel-Hamas war last week. The network focused on a few colorfully costumed tap dancers, a tiki torch on the campus of Harvard, along with the impeachment inquiry into President Biden that is based on no credible evidence. Although the folks at Fox claim to be deeply concerned about the rise of anti-Semitism, no one at the network thought to include a segment about how European officials arrested Hamas members planning attacks on European Jews. Fox did include the full-length press conference of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and President Biden appealing to Congress and the American public for more aid for Ukraine. The network only dedicated roughly eight minutes or 1.4 percent of the total airtime to discussing the issue. And again, that's the airtime of the shows I covered, about 15 hours worth. Anyone who exclusively watched Fox News last week would have also missed out on several stories involving former President Donald J. Trump's legal problems, multiple climate disasters, and a huge settlement judgment against Rudy Giuliani in a defamation trial involving two poll workers. And we'll talk about that later. So last week, I, um, you know, was on social media and I got a few tweets. I'm still saying tweets because what else do you call them? Um, at me, people were like kind of tagging me in them. And it would say, and this made me laugh because I was like, oh, people do listen to my podcast. And this was the phrase, Deucey goes rogue. And I, I watched this clip and I'm like falling over laughing. And basically, um, Representative James Comer of Kentucky, who's part of this, you know, basically the main person spearheading the never ending investigation into Hunter Biden and his father, appeared on Newsmax. And he said in the clip, I'm not including it because it's Newsmax. It's not Fox. Um, but he said he stopped appearing on Fox and Friends due to co-host Steve Ducey's criticism of his ongoing investigation into alleged Biden family corruption. And I lost my mind because I thought it was so hilarious. Like, this is Ducey Goes Rogue in action. And I pictured, like, James Comer, like, cowering in fear. So I kept writing. And then Ducey, true to form, kept doing it. He did it, like, multiple times last week. I had too many clips to show you. I picked my favorite one for the podcast, but I kept writing tweet after tweet where I was like, uh, James Comer cowers in fear in Kentucky as Steve Ducey goes rogue. Okay, so you can't hear my voice, but that was the tone. That was the tone under the tweet. Um, so this is from Fox and Friends on Thursday, and this is the exact complaint that Comer had. Here's Steve Ducey. This, uh... 
impeachment inquiry resolution actually does not accuse Joe Biden of any wrongdoing, none whatsoever. All it does is authorize these three committees to keep looking, and that was to get these 18 Republicans who are in Biden districts on board. And, you know, and you look at people who know a lot about what's going on, and they're going to be digging for as long as they can. But don't forget, but, Steve, that the FBI blocked inquiries for, when the, with, the, with the whistleblowers when they yes. came forward. Well, the the FBI, whistleblowers are the MVPs. The, the, they right. are and the MVPs, why, and, the, and, the, and they said, far. that's right. But Rachel, Anything here, that led to Joe Biden was blocked by the FBI. So that was Rachel Campos Duffy that you heard in that clip, and I'm not even sure what she's referring to. Uh, neither of the IRS whistleblowers in Hunter's tax case indicated that the FBI blocked any investigation into Joe Biden. The best they could offer was that the Department of Justice slow rolled the investigation. Now, I found a transcript from a July 17th interview with this committee. An unidentified FBI supervisory agent actually said the opposite. Here's the quote. I wasn't aware of political interference personally. Now, there's a lot more to that. I included a hyperlink in the newsletter. Newsletters found at my Substack. It's a written version of this podcast. It includes all those great links. I, I would say that the three people on Capitol Hill who know the most about this deal are uh, James Comer, uh, Jim Jordan, and Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley, the Republican from Iowa, said yesterday he has seen no evidence Joe Biden was involved with Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. He said to CNN, the facts haven't taken me to that point where I can say that the president's guilty of anything. Yeah. So that's Steve Ducey being Steve Ducey going rogue. Again, Steve Ducey goes rogue. And I had like four of them, <laughs> four of them from last week. And I'm like, bring it, bring it, Steve Ducey. Now, this next clip is Rachel Campos Duffy again. She tends to be clip gold in that she doesn't think before she speaks. She's constantly pulling things from thin air, and she's never met a conspiracy theory that she did not love. This one isn't so outrageous, but again, and another little thing I'll add is every time I put any clip of her anywhere on social media, in literally any platform, someone mentions how she started her career on MTV on The Real World, and she kissed some guy named Puck. I didn't watch the show. I knew there was a guy named Puck. I don't know. But I'm like, I don't really care. But yeah, that's how she got started in this. Um, she's a magical combination of ignorance matched with arrogance. Like, she thinks she knows everything. She's got this covered. She doesn't know what she's talking about 90% of the time. Uh, during the Wagner Rebellion... She was saying things like, you know what? I bet the U.S. government's behind this. <laughs> I don't have any proof or anything, but I'm just going to say reckless things like that. You know, why? Who needs proof? I got a hunch. I got a little raspy voice. I got nine children. Did you know I have nine children? I have nine children. Nine. And I'm married to Sean Duffy, who's as dumb as I am. Okay, I'm saying it. I said it. I don't mind calling her dumb because I call Jesse Waters the dumbest man on television. Impugning his character, his right. wife, his children. Everything he complained about has been done to the Trump family mm -hmm. um, in spades. And, and and they weren't doing deals with the Chinese, mm -hmm. with our, 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 our enemies. So, Okay, she's speaking of Hunter Biden there. That is from, uh, this again, the same show, Thursday, Fox and Friends. She does say arc enemy, arc enemy instead of arch enemy, which is amusing. And uh, she's basically saying that Hunter Biden's so terrible because he did all this, you know, business with China. I've included two other media clips about the Trump family and China. 
The Chinese government has given a preliminary green light to Ivanka Trump's company for five more trademarks. Four of them were approved on Sunday. The products include child care centers, sunglasses, and wedding dresses. A fifth trademark that covered brokerage, charitable fundraising, and art valuation services was approved earlier this month. The applications for all of them were filed in 2016 and 2017. The White House advisor shut down her brand last year. The critics say the trademarks could help her revive her business after her father leaves office. So that last clip was from CBSN, and that was, of course, during the Trump administration. This next clip is from CNN, and this is from a character that I just really miss seeing in the news, Vincente Fox, who is the former president of Mexico. Let me show you this tie. This is a Donald Trump tie. Maybe it's not close <laughs> enough, but it's Donald Trump trademark tie. And then you see here that it's made in China. So what is the integrity of this man? What is the consistency of his positions when he is importing apparel goods, ties, shirts to benefit his business, Trump business, and of course, canceling U.S. jobs. By importing ties from China, he's not committing with his promise to U.S. workers that he will defend jobs. This is the worst thing that you can do, and he's doing it. I love Vincente Fox for so many reasons, but he never held back in his criticism against Donald J. Trump. This man hates Donald J. Trump, like hates him. And he would always crack me up in his clips about like, Mexico's not going to pay for your stupid wall and all of that. And I would love to, because he's almost the same age as my dad. And my dad hates uh, former President Donald J. Trump with, I can't even talk about the intensity. My dad would, would just, he just cannot stand him. I I, I didn't think he, it was possible after Reagan to have somebody my dad hated more. But it's true. I, I mean, Trump, my dad's hatred of Trump just dwarfs his hatred of Reagan. And he hated Reagan. He used to throw things at the set when Reagan came on. Because my dad was a union man. So there you go. So anyway, um, Vincente Fox. I would just love to see those two in a conversation. Vincente Fox and my dad trashing Trump. That would be, I could, I could probably sell tickets for that. And even though people don't know my dad, they would still find it entertaining. Because it would be funny. It would be the blue collar, Missouri Catholic guy making fun of Trump. So, um... I also looked up more information about this. So during her time in the White House, during her father's administration, the Chinese government granted a total of 41 trademarks approved to companies that's, that held strong links to Ivanka Trump. The trademarks were approved about 40% faster than those she requested before Donald J. Trump's victory in the 2016 election. In 2018, China granted 18 trademarks to companies held by both the president and his daughter. And according to reporting by the New York Times, Trump also paid $188,561 in taxes in China between 2013 and 2015 in connection to potential licensing deals. In contrast, the former president only paid $750 in U.S. taxes in 2016 and 2017. The tax records also showed Trump invested at least $192,000 in companies charged with pursuing business in China. Those firms claimed $97,400 in business expenses, including payments as recent as 2018. 
When Donald J. Trump and Ivanka were both shilling their own branded products, many of them were manufactured in countries like China, Indonesia, Turkey, and Canada. Now, again, all of this Hunter Biden uh, nonsense is coming up because even though I thought they were already doing this, apparently they did it again. They had a vote on in, an impeachment inquiry, which is not the same thing as articles of impeachment. They're not actually impeaching Joe Biden based on no new evidence. They don't have anything. They still don't have anything. You heard Ducey just say Grassley doesn't have said admitted they didn't have anything. But they're going to keep going forward with this because why not? So this is Jesse Waters on the five on Friday going through this kind of nonsense wordplay, kind of beat poetry of nonsense. And I'm going to break it down as he goes through it. I can't go through every single false claim in this because it would be a two hour long podcast of just me doing that. So I'm just going to hit the kind of the bigger points in it. Please don't go there. If Well, Trump, if he had done that, he would have taken questions from the press for mm -hmm. an hour. Hunter read a prepared statement and scurried to lunch. What about all the people saying there's no evidence? Well, we've documented that. So what about let's hold 10% for the big guy? They've mm -hmm. never even explained the email. Mm -hmm. Or what about when your father flies you to Mexico, you get all these clients in Mexico, and then the Mexican clients come back to the United States and visit the vice president at the White House, and then Hunter demands money. <laughs> what about if you fly your son to China, he meets all your clients, you come back with a bag of cash, and then your dad does favors for China. So the key is that last phrase. So Jesse Waters didn't clarify what specific policies then Vice President Biden must have arranged for anyone in China or Mexico. So you can't just say, well, he flew to Mexico and he met with some rich guys and then he flew to China and he met with some rich guys. Therefore, crimes were committed. No, <laughs> that's not. If that were true, then the entire Trump family would be in shackles right now. So, no, you can't do that. That's not a crime. Um and in the laptop, there's actually quite a bit of evidence that Biden tried to get, that's Hunter Biden, tried to get a lot of deals going in Mexico and failed miserably at them. And then after you leave the vice presidency, you were supposed to share an office with the Chinese guy named Dong. How, what is that? You're not in business? <laughs> or what about when the Chinese that he's in business with buy $23 million in diamonds and give one of them the Hunter? How do we know it's just one? Mm. Where are all the rest of the diamonds? So there is evidence that a Chinese business person did give Hunter Biden a diamond. That is actually fairly well documented. And he does not dispute this. Um, but there's nothing to prove, again, that Joe Biden had anything to do with the transaction or that any government policy was changed to benefit anyone in China. Also, it is a huge, enormous leap on Jesse Waters' part to assume that because the Chinese businessman had several diamonds that somehow Hunter Biden would be getting more than one or Hunter Biden would know anything about them. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why would Hunter Biden know this? It's just nutty. Or how about when Hunter takes $1.6 million in cash out of ATMs for three years? How do we know Joe doesn't have cash at his house? Because when the FBI looked at those documents that he wasn't supposed to have, they wouldn't let him go into every room. Certain rooms were not allowed to be entered. Mm. Or how about when Joe's sister cuts him a check for 40 grand from the Chinese?
So again, there's no evidence that Joe Biden changed U.S. policy to benefit anyone regarding Hunter's business deals. I'm going to just keep repeating that because that is the magical thing that everyone is missing here. The check for $40,000 was paid to Joe Biden from Sarah Biden, his sister-in-law, not his sister, for a personal loan repayment between two brothers. There's also evidence that Joe Biden wrote a check to his brother for the exact same amount six weeks prior. And then the day before, takes out 50 grand in cash. What is his sister-in-law doing taking 50 grand in cash? It wasn't even Christmas tip time. So these are like simple things that in an inquiry you'd want to ask, why are they doing that? Why is Hunter Biden copied on all of Joe Biden's Ukraine emails when he was vice president? I found a great resource for this, but it was a little bit too involved for me to include all the information. It just would have taken up too much space. And space is fairly limited in the newsletter. So uh, a website called Pointner, it's actually dedicated to journalism and journalism integrity and the whole nine yards. They broke down every transaction in detail regarding this loan repayment and the $50,000 withdrawn by Sarah Biden, which can Jesse called Joe Biden's sister and then later corrected himself, said sister-in-law. So I, this is, and it goes literally through every single step. Sarah Biden withdrew the money from a business account associated with her husband and deposited it in their personal account. So that's where that cash went. It went straight from one account to another account. And on that same day, she wrote a check to Joe Biden for the loan repayment for $40,000, which, again, there's evidence that Joe Biden paid his brother $40,000 six weeks prior. And then basically his brother's paying him back. So that's it. No drama. And you can go to the hyperlink in the newsletter if you'd like. And it'll take you step by step by step by step. That is not illegal. That is not money laundering. And why would the vice president use an alias? Mm. Isn't that strange? Why are the Bidens going to St. Croix year after year after year, a notorious tax shelter? Why is Hunter Biden paying for his father's phone line for eight years? And why is he using burner phones? None of that makes any sense. The use of aliases and email correspondence is common among elected officials for security reasons to guard against malicious hacking. Now, again, the National Archives has all of this, so it's not hidden. It's not a mystery. The alias emails that have been released so far by the National Archives were banal in nature and showed no hint of criminal behavior. So people have read these. They've looked through them. It's a lot of personal stuff. That's why he used an alias. It's a lot of stuff about his family, stuff about his uh, grandchildren, uh, personal things he's doing. That's why he used the alias. It's not anything nefarious. Also, a burner phone in Ukraine. Yeah, I think most business people making millions of dollars would probably use some type of uh, you know, some type of form of communication that would be di more difficult to trace because you're dealing with Russians who pretty much had infiltrated everything in Ukraine and were basically trying to take Ukraine down from the inside before they invaded the country, which is true. Um, and yeah, that part of the world, yeah, I think that's expected. I don't really know enough about this um, paying for his, his uh, phone lines for eight years. The problem with this story is there's so much nonsense thrown out about it that, for instance, last night looking up that was he CC'd on all of the Ukrainian emails, that claim, when something it just doesn't exist, you will spend 
hours trying to find it because it doesn't exist. So it's this like never ending uh, search, this struggle. And I did waste a ton of time last night trying to find that. And when I only found one lousy source, one incredibly biased source, and only one email, and I had nothing else to verify this on, and it was released on December 1st, no one else in the press had picked it up on it, except for, I think it was like one super far right-wing website basically just repeated verbatim what Judicial Watch said, and I said, that's not good enough. The fact that no one else would pick up on this just made me go, this is a huge red flag. I don't want this on my newsletter. I don't want a hyperlink to this in my newsletter because it's like tainted. I don't trust this. And Jesse Waters is not a reliable source himself because he once said that Hillary Clinton had millions of classified documents in her home. He actually said that that actually came out of his mouth. It was never corrected. He said Hillary Clinton had millions, millions of classified documents in her home. He didn't say on a server, which she never had millions of any classified anything. But millions, he said, and he said documents. So I'm just picturing like pieces of paper, like warehouses full of classified documents. Just what are you talking about? Now, before we move on to the next uh, clip, which will be a totally new topic, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor. Decoding Fox News is the real deal. I do not have a large sponsor. There's no benefactor. There's no billionaire backing this. Um, I am 100% supported from listeners to this podcast and readers of my Substack. Is this an easy way to run a media project? Hell no, but it keeps me completely independent. If you would like to become a sponsor for Decoding Fox News, you can go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News. Uh, paid subscriptions start at $5. Uh, paid subscribers get exclusive content. I have some coming up this week. Um, also, Patreon supporters also get the same exclusive content. I should also be making some special stuff for the holiday that should be coming up. If you can't afford to become a paid subscriber, I would tell everyone to share this podcast, share the newsletter, help grow the audience for Decoding Fox News. I have a little bit of news I'm going to share very, very briefly because I don't want to waste too much time. I am in negotiations with a larger nonprofit to sort of be added to sort of their family of podcasts. Um, I might actually have an advertiser at some point. It will be like your typical uh, podcast advertiser, nothing big, certainly not anybody that would be influencing my content. I also want to give a quick shout out to two more people who uh, purchased things for Decoding Fox News from my Amazon uh, wish list. I'm just going to say, and that's called Decoding Fox News. There's not much left on it, but if you want to help out, that's another way you can do it. I'm just going to use first names again for privacy reasons. Thank you so much, Amy, for the coffee creamer. That was amazing. And yes, coffee is on the Amazon wish list because I go through it like a madwoman. And the second one would be from Wayne and his cat, Kira. And they uh, purchased a blue light blocking device for my computer, which is amazing. Thank you so much. I will try to give everybody a personal email. Thanks if I can find your email in the 6,000 or so that I have. That's why that hasn't happened yet. It can get a little tricky. I've tried to search for people. It's hard. And before anybody thinks I have 6,000 paid subscribers, oh, oh no, I don't. <laughs> 6,000 is total subscribers. Paid subscribers is a tiny percentage of the total subscribers. If Oh, my goodness. If I had 6,000 subscribers, are you kidding? Oh, my goodness. No, I'd have staff. I'd have people working for me. I would. That would be amazing. But no, I'm not quite there yet. So this next clip is Jessica Tarloff. It uh, doesn't really fit with the theme, but this was kind of amazing because she 
managed to get out a story that had been completely ignored on Fox. People were asking me, is Fox covering this? And I kept saying, no, they're not covering this. They're not mentioning it. That's what Fox does. Half of what Fox does with its propaganda is it completely leaves out incredibly important stories that are big everywhere else. And Fox is counting on the fact that its audience will not watch any other media, which is true. Um, studies have shown that people who watch Fox tend to keep it on all day long and they don't turn that channel. But you continue to hear about cases like Kate Cox from Texas, where you live, right? A woman, a mother of two, pregnant with a wanted pregnancy, her third pregnancy, gets a diagnosis of trisomy 18. Her doctors say she needs an abortion. Lower court grants it. Then the Supreme Court of Texas overrules it, restricting her. This is about health of the mother and preserving her fertility. This is what the pro-life movement wants, right? People who want children and should be able to have them. She has to leave the state in order to have yeah. that care. She has the means to do it, which a lot of women don't. And that will be on the ballot. But Just, you said there are no good polls. And I, I'm not saying that Biden isn't in trouble. I don't live in a fantasy land. But Reuters, Ipsos had a poll of the seven biggest swing states. Biden's up four. The Harvard Kennedy poll of young people, same margin advantage with Gen Z and millennial voters. That I, want, I want to apologize. I just realized I cut off the very end of that clip. Basically, she says uh, Biden has the same advantage with Gen Z and millennial voters that he had in 2020. And because I have some more to share with you, I can't really go too in-depth in the Kate Cox case. Plus, Fox didn't mention it. That's the only mention of Kate Cox's story on the entire network that I watched last week. And the, the Kate Cox story has gone on for a, a while now, and Fox hasn't mentioned it at all. Fox does not mention any story like this. There have been a number of cases where women who had some type of pregnancy complication were unable to get an abortion, uh, tried suing or tried to flee the state or nearly died. You'll hear these stories on other media, but you will not hear them on Fox. Fox just ignores it. They just largely ignore abortion in general, um, unless they don't win an election and then they complain about it. But they, generally speaking, don't talk about um, cases involving medic medical abortion. They don't talk about court cases involving abortion. They just don't talk about it because I think they know it's politically tricky for them. I um, mean, Kate Cox's story, Tarloff just laid it out there. She had a basically a pregnancy complication that was going to result in a stillborn or a baby that died soon after birth or could die within the womb. And if that were to happen, she could lose her uterus. And this is a, a mother of two young children who wants to keep having more children. This was a wanted baby. Uh, she went to court. The court said at first, yes, you can have this emergency procedure. And then the Supreme Court and the uh, Attorney General of Texas blocked her. And she ended up having to flee the state to do this. And it, it's nightmarish. It's nightmarish. They threatened her husband if he were to drive her out of state. That's how bad this is. So uh, that's, I can't even. But anyway, just outrageous. And I'm so proud of Jessica Tarla for getting that out. Because had she not, no one on Fox would have heard about it. And you know what? Even if they just hear that one little snippet, one little, somebody might look it up. Somebody might take the time to go, who's Kate Cox and what is the story about? Now, this next clip is absolutely ridiculous, but I wanted to include it because it's absolutely ridiculous. Jesse Waters, um, this was on Thursday on his show, tried to make a big deal out of the fact that Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, was holding a tiki torch 
as she lit a menorah on the Harvard campus. Now, I saw the full clip on Fox on another program, and she was handed a lit tiki torch. Um, a rabbi gave her the lit tiki torch before she lit the menorah. It's not like she has a personal tiki torch at home and brought it to the occasion. A rabbi, a rabbi gave it to her. Harvard's anti-Semitic plagiarist president's on a roll. Claudine Gay is an academic fraud who plagiarized half of her scholarly papers and allows students to scream, kill all the Jews. And now that Harvard board doesn't have the backbone to Terminator, she's taking a little victory lap. Gay thinks she's untouchable. So she took a tiki torch to a menorah lighting. A tiki torch. Now they told us tiki torches were racist. You remember the guys marching with tiki torches in Charlottesville, chanting, Jews will not replace us? How dare she? We were told anybody who carries a tiki torch is anti-Semitic. Wasn't this the reason Biden got in the race? The reason I got in the race is when those people, close your eyes, remember what those people look like coming out of the fields carrying torches, their veins bulging. Sources tell Primetime that Gay was heard chanting, Jews will not replace me, Jews will not replace me, as she lit the menorah. Our producers are saying that uh, we have not actually confirmed those reports, but we will keep you posted. So, yeah, that was sort of meant as humor, I guess, which is not funny, but okay, whatever. Because, again, they showed the clip of someone handing her the tiki torch, so I'm not sure what the controversy was. Um, but okay, Jesse Waters is also, for a weeks now, there's a clip of a woman putting ballots in a box, and he claims that she's ballot stuffing. The clip, you can't really tell what's going on. And he's had a crew kind of hound her, and he's called her out by name. He thinks he's really savvy doing this. That is incredibly reckless in terms of defamation. That is a private citizen, so she has a very good case of suing the network if he says anything untoward. That's not true. If she gets threatened, if anything happens to her that she can claim damages, that's the key to defamation, she can turn around and sue the network and she'd probably win. So I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know why nobody in Fox seems to care that he openly sexually harasses his coworkers, says horribly sexual uh, things on air. He once threatened to hit Jessica Tarloff on air. I don't know if he was joking, but that's kind of a, a gray line there. Uh, yeah, but, you know, Fox doesn't seem to care. They went ahead and gave him Tucker Carlson's slot. This, this just a, He's a lawsuit waiting to happen. He says so many reckless things on, on camera all the time. I'm just like, I don't, you know what? You deserve it. You deserve it, Fox, if, if you pay out another big one because of him. So this next clip involves a fan favorite of sorts. I'll reveal that in a second. And a dance troupe that's based in New York that had a performance at the Kennedy Center for its version of the Nutcracker Suite. And uh, I guess somebody from the White House saw that, liked it, asked them to come to the White House and do a short little video. They apparently shot this in an hour. It's a, it's a short video. Um, I don't know how long it is off the top of my head, but I watched it on Threads um, the night it was released, and I loved it. I thought it was a adorable. Um, it's tap dancers in kind of, you know, outlandish costumes, and they're just sort of, uh, you know, tapping around the White House, and it's very clear that it's the Nutcracker, because it's the Duke Ellington version of the Nutcracker, which is a jazz version of the Nutcracker, 
And the costumes give it away right away. You know, you can say, oh, that's the Rat King. Oh, that's the actual Nutcracker. Oh, that's you know, a toy soldier. You know, and you get it really quickly. You, you kind of get the story. It's, it's silly. It's lighthearted. It's tap dance. As soon as this uh, short video hit social media platforms, the right wing collectively lost its mind over this. Um, Michelle Durant, who is the founder of the dance company, is a white woman. And she has a page that's an extensive list of political causes that's called anti-racism on her website. Uh, tap dance has influenced from both Irish traditions and West African, um, but it is primarily most of the greatest tap dancers in the United States have been black. It's kind of definitely a black art form. There's plenty of white tap dancers as well, but there's a lot of African-American influence, which is, I think, why she felt this was so important. There's also a lot of black members in her dance troupe. So she has this list of political causes. A lot of it's petitions for people who are wrongfully convicted. Um, a lot of it was just sort of general causes for anti-racism. Now, people on Fox and other right-wing media took this and ran with it and called her a Marxist. And, you know, there's nothing political about the performance. It's simply tap dance, which is an American art form, um, combined with jazz, which is also American art form, both of which are dominated by African-Americans. So this was just like, are you kidding me? And they like flipped out and like tap dance is joyous. I, I was completely confused by this reaction and kind of disgusted because it opens with this gorgeous black dancer in this beautiful costume. And she's sort of strutting through the hall, one of the hallways of the White House. She looks amazing. Tap dance is actually technically incredibly difficult to do. And then as she walks down the, um, basically the hallway, a man with a giant flower on his head comes dancing out and he's smiling. And it's just, I don't get why people were offended. I don't understand why they thought this was inappropriate or, or anything. But of course, Kellyanne Conway was one of many. This was a two-day story, two-day story on the network. And she brought up, she was subbing for um, Judge Janine on The Five, and she brought up this dance performance and Melania Trump. So of course, I had to bring up everybody's favorite video about Melania Trump. Here's the clip. We are now learning that a radical left-wing dance group was hired for Jill Biden's bizarre White House Christmas video. The studio's website pushes every crazy leftist cause you can imagine, from defund the police to getting rid of prisons and anti-racism activists. You know, I really miss Melania Trump for lots of reasons in the White House, but no more so than this week. Uh, the first year that we had Christmas there, she did the preview for the press. She invited kids Is that from the local blood schools. red trees? Yes, it was very, very tastefully done. They say I'm, I'm complicit. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. It's, where, it's, where I am, they, I put the, I'm working like a ass, my ass. I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but Correct? 100%. You have and no then, choice. And, okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas, uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me break the, uh, where, where they were saying anything when obama did that i know they, do, i cannot go i i was trying to get the the kid reunited with the mom 
I, I didn't have a chance. It needs to go through the process and through the law. But here's my thing. Did you hear what you just said? But instead of that, if, if you just, your messaging, you, you were so loved. You they were. would not do the story. We put it out. They would not do the story. I'm telling you. You would not believe it. They would not do the story because no, they the, are not. They would not do the story because they they are they are against us because they are liberal media. Yeah, if I go to Fox, they will do the story. I don't want to go to Fox. Someone on Twitter tried to say that that was Melania Trump advocating for children uh, who were detained and taken away from their parents, and I thought, well, you know, that's a stretch. Because I've listened to that a few times. It's very clear that Melania Trump is really upset about the fact that she can't get good press. And she also says child singular. Child with his mother. So she's talking about one kid. One kid. There was 5,000 kids. So way to go there, Melania. F Christmas. F Christmas. I think we can just always... I'm surprised someone didn't turn that into a song. Just, you know, sampled her saying that and, like, turned it into some type of memory that we could all share every year. I used to work at Webster Hall, which is like a famous music venue in New York City, and I had an assistant, and as a running joke, I would break into my Melania Trump voice, and nobody knew (laughs) what we were doing, and it became like our, our thing, and we would both start laughing, and people would be like, why are they laughing? And they're like, I don't know, they do this all the time, and I'm like, because my husband, hard worker, I am Melania Trump. I am from Slovenia. I have lived here for a 20-some... I genius grant. Husband hard worker. I like to destroy the Rose Garden, squint, and steal speeches from Michelle Obama. When I'm not doing that, I visibly hate my husband and spread racist birther nonsense about Obama. Okay, that's my kind of bad Melania Trump impression. Depending on time, I do have a bonus clip I'd love to include, but I got to see how long this is. So this is going to be the last podcast of 2023 that's new. I do have one pre-recorded. It's an interview with an author that's coming up next week. And then I'm going to have the best of, which is going to be on New Year's Day, best of 2023. I'm very excited about that. So this is stories Fox News ignored every week. I compared the hours I've watched on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following is a list of stories PBS covered that Fox News did not. We're going to start with climate disasters. At least 170 people have died and 600,000 have been displaced in Kenya due to flooding caused by extreme rains, which started in November. Experts have called it the worst flooding in a century. A massive blizzard hit Moscow, dumping eight inches of snow. The storm was the equivalent of one-fifth of the average December snowfall in one day. Parts of China have been hit by a bitter wave of below-freezing temperatures. Beijing was blanketed with snow and highway travel was disrupted. The United Nations COP28 climate summit wrapped up last week as many criticized the draft agreement as being too weak. The proposal aims to phase out fossil fuels, but at a rate many experts don't think will be fast enough. PBS produced a segment that focused on climate medicine. As temperatures climb, doctors and nurses will face more patients with heat-related disorders and injuries, as well as particulate matter in the air and smoke inhalation. 
updates on the war in Ukraine. A U.S. intelligence report revealed that Russia has lost 315,000 troops to death or injuries since its invasion of Ukraine. Russia has released far lower numbers. A disproportionate number of casualties are conscripts from Russia's ethnic minority communities. European Union leaders insisted they are committed to sending military aid to Ukraine, despite Hungary's veto of a $50 billion aid package. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban is Russia's biggest ally in Europe. Members of the U.S. Senate decided to delay their holiday recess to work out a deal on immigration and aid to Ukraine and Israel. Local elections in Hong Kong were dominated by mainland China loyalists after opposition candidates were barred. Voter turnout was a dismal 27 percent of the 4.3 million registered voters. The consumer price index edged up one-tenth of one percent last month. On a year-to-year basis, the rate dropped slightly to 3.1 percent. The core inflation rate, excluding food and energy costs, rose three-tenths of a percent. A suicide bomber blew himself up at a police station in Pakistan, killing at least 23 people. An offshoot of the Taliban claimed responsibility for the attack. Google said it would appeal a federal jury verdict that found its Android app store operates as an illegal monopoly. Epic Games argued the system destroyed competition and ultimately harmed smartphone users. The appeal could take years. An investigation by the Outlaw Ocean Project of Chinese fishing fleets and processing centers found a pattern of forced labor and human rights abuses in the production of seafood sold in the United States. Four women are suing hip-hop mogul Sean Diddy Combs over sexual assault allegations that date back as far as the early 90s. The lawsuits are possible due to a now-expired New York state law that allowed survivors a one-year window to sue for past abuse. The Los Angeles Angels Major League Baseball team traded the 29-year-old Japanese pitcher Shoei Otani to the Los Angeles Dodgers in a $700 million 10-year deal, the highest-paying professional team sport contract in North American history. Former President Donald J. Trump's 2020 election interference criminal trial has been put on hold while his lawyers pursue his claim of presidential immunity. The Supreme Court is considering whether or not to fast-track a ruling on the issue. The Supreme Court also said today that it will decide the legality of shipments of mefepristone, a drug used in medical abortions. The FDA approved the drug 23 years ago and has since then more than 5 million people have used it. The Supreme Court agreed to hear a case that would decide on a specific part of obstruction of Congress could undermine not only many cases against those who stormed the Capitol on January 6, 2021, but special counsel Jack Smith's case against the former President Donald J. Trump. The Library of Congress announced this year's addition to the National Film Registry. They include Home Alone, 12 Years a Slave, and Apollo 13. Other honorees include Fame and Lady and the Tramp. Andre Bauger, an Emmy Award-winning actor, died at the age of 61 after a short illness. Bauger was known and raised in Chicago and a graduate of Stanford and Juilliard. He got his start in the police drama Homicide, Life on the Street. The Federal Reserve decided to leave interest rates unchanged, but Fed Chairman Jerome Powell suggested there might be as many as three rate cuts next year. Telsa has recalled two million cars, nearly half of all of its vehicles sold in the U.S. since 2012. The cars have issues with a self-driving feature. Authorities in Germany, Denmark, and the Netherlands arrested seven people accused of plotting 
terrorist attacks. Three suspects were said to be members of Hamas who were plotting attacks on European Jews. You'd think Fox would want to tell its viewers about that one, but nope. The House of Representatives passed a defense policy bill worth $886 billion. It included the biggest pay raise for troops in more than 20 years. The bill also did not include many demands made by conservative Republicans, including restrictions on transgender care and abortion. Amazon won a major legal battle in Europe and won't have to pay $270 million in back taxes. An EU antitrust chief argued the company received special low tax rates in Luxembourg, where Amazon's European headquarters is located. Retail sales rebounded in November and were up three-tenths of a percent in a surprise start to the holiday season. Most analysts expected a slight decline. The Congressional Budget Office predicted inflation will slow to 2% next year and unemployment will rise to 4.4%. The GDP is expected to fall to a rate of 1.5% before rebounding in 2025. Homelessness in the United States has soared to its highest levels on record to more than 650,000 people. Federal data showed that a 12% increase in January from a year earlier. Russian officials said that the jailed opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, has been moved from a penal colony east of Moscow. His whereabouts were unknown after his lawyer lost touch with him after December 6th. And an update on that, apparently still don't really know where he is. Britain's Prince Harry won a victory in court with British tabloids. A London court ruled that the Daily Mirror used phone hacking to snoop on Harry in the early 2000s. He was awarded $180,000 in damages. A 10-inch thick binder containing nearly 3,000 pages of material on Russian efforts to meddle in the 2016 election went missing during the final days of the Trump administration. Jaija Taylor, a Virginia mother whose first grader shot and wounded his teacher, was sentenced to two years in state prison for child neglect. She'd already been sentenced to 21 months in federal prison for using marijuana while owning a gun. A federal jury in Washington ordered Rudy Giuliani, this one was huge, the story was huge, Donald Trump's former campaign attorney to pay $148 million to two Georgia election workers in a defamation case involving the 2020 election. Do not mess with Ruby Freeman, you piece of garbage. Anyway, I'm just, I hope she gets this apartment. I, she probably won't. But I, I just want them to get the apartment. Have you seen the apartment? It's gorgeous. Look up Rudy Giuliani's New York apartment. Anyway, last week, by the numbers, I had a separate um, chart for this, but it didn't fit. Um, Fox dedicated 19% to the impeachment inquiry, while PBS dedicated 5% to the same story. In terms of the Israel-Hamas war, Fox spent 2% of its airtime to the story while PBS spent 16%. So that's very glaring, just huge difference. So for the top five stories uh, for Fox was Hunter Biden slash impeachment inquiry. I kind of consider that the same story. Uh, was 19% anti-Semitism on college campuses, 5% Harvard president plagiarism accusations, 5% press conference of Biden and Zelensky, even though they barely commented on it, they showed it, that was 4%. And non-white elected officials uh, had a party in Boston. That was 4%. I don't have any clips from that because it was like such a dumb story. Hard to clip. Not the, I mean, just whatever. They were like freaking out over a party that's apparently gone on for 10 years. The mayor accidentally sent out invitations to everybody, but she only excluded a handful of people 
from this party. I, I didn't really understand why people were freaking out. Like, sometimes people have a party that's just like, hey, the Black Caucus or whatever. I don't see a big deal. Anyway, so the next one is the top five stories for PBS. The Israel-Hamas war, 16%. 10% was Congress, Ukraine war, funding, immigration reform. 9% the actual Ukraine war, so there were stories about the war itself. 6% was artist profile. And 5% was COP28 ending. Now, words used on Fox for last week. Biden, 378. Hunter, 212. Trump, 168. So again, Hunter Biden mentioned more than Trump. Harvard, 133. Israel, 95. Hunter was mentioned more than twice than Israel. Impeachment, 59. Border, 54. Crime, 52. China, 34. Dance, 14. Cocaine, 10. Inflation, 8. Anti-Semitism, 3. Islamophobia, 1. Fetterman, 1. AOC, 0. That's rare. That never happens. I usually sing when that happens. I'm singing! Hopefully I don't blow out. I'm kind of far from the mic. Now this one is a little long, but I really want to include this bonus uh, clip. I found this very, very amusing. Is it necessary for the pod? No! It's just here because it's funny. So there's a bonus clip, and I'm including it, and you deal with it. It's going to be a little long this week. I don't care. It's worth it. This is Kellyanne Conway kind of getting into a fight with Jessica Charloff, but just simmering under the surface, and that's why it's so amusing to me. Here's the clip. It's about the dance troupe in the White House. And uh, she, even in 2020 during COVID, they had special events for the frontline workers, for the first responders, and to say nothing, Jessica, I guess I'll go to you first, of Thanksgiving 2019, Trump goes over to Afghanistan and serves a warm meal to the troops. Thanksgiving 2023, the same first lady who does this nonsense in the, quote, people's house goes with her husband to a $34 million spread in Nantucket and doles out food to the firehouse. These people are out of touch. They're in our face. And I can't believe you're going to defend this. Did anybody do a Google search of who the dance troupe is here in New York City? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't work for them. Um, I did a Google search once. I saw it was a topic, and we were going to talk about it yesterday. Um, I don't think that Donald Trump going to Afghanistan and Joe Biden serving first responders here means that one is In more. Than, yes. It's a nice vacation spot where he goes annually with his entire family. Melania Trump also told Stephanie Grisham, right, her top aide, I don't effing want to do this, but I have to. About Stephanie. It was a different okay. Stephanie that betrayed her. A different her. Stephanie that betrayed her. Fine. This is a bubble story. I, I My Twitter feed or my X feed, whatever I'm supposed to call it, um, is predominantly liberals. No one is talking about No one knows about this. No one cares about this. I don't think the White House knows or cares or thinks that this reflects on them. You can say this is not good taste or, or you don't like the look of it, but I don't think that it at the moment where there are genuine DEI crises and the talk about Claudine Gay, um, all of these corporations that are cutting DEI jobs, people out of like jobs that were paying them two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. I think that's much more what's going on than kind of the peppermint patties of it all. Oh, that's, well, that's to be so. Yeah, they tried the second time they talked about the second day they tried to talk about this dance story. They tried to frame it as DEI, 
Oh, we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. No, you're not. You just wanted to talk about the dancers in the White House, you losers. So anyway, that's the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the bonus podcast. It was very funny to watch that clip because it was like the seething, <laughs> the seething. <laughs> and um, very funny. If you would like to become a paid subscriber to Decoding Fox News, you can go to my Substack or you can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Um, there's also an Amazon wish list. It's mostly snacks and cat food at this point. But if you can contribute, that's great. I don't, I basically make a survival wage at this job at the moment. I'm hopeful that it will continue to grow. Um, so anything that you, if you want to support is very, 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 very appreciated. Um, thank you so much for listening. Odin and Thor, the mascots of the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Have a happy winter solstice if you celebrate. That's coming up in a couple days. And again, I will have episodes for everyone every single week. Uh, It may not be a traditional podcast, but you will have a podcast. And I will see you again on New Year's Day. I'm already planning it. I've already got the giant spreadsheet of the best of 2023. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you at the next podcast.